Testing. Hello. Hey, there we are. Good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're here this morning with us to worship at First Baptist Church. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Will you stand with us and let's sing together. Just 
Thank you. You can be seated and welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning to worship with us. And if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. And the one thing that we would ask for you this morning is that you would fill out the registration card located in the pew rack. If you could take that, there's a place if you want to receive our weekly newsletter or if you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. As we start out a new church year, uh, we're going to show a video here in just a second about a ministry that we partner with called Shoes for Orphan Souls. And uh, with this ministry, what we're doing is we're collecting new shoes, socks, and shoelaces for youth size 1 through adult 12. So the deadline to donate to, to this ministry with those items is August 29th, and you can drop off those donations right over here outside of our building. There's this large box, and you can put everything in there, and that makes sense, yeah? You guys with me? All right, well, as we continue to worship this morning, let's take a quick moment to stand and greet those around us with a high five or a hello. You can be seated. Will you stand again with us and let's just sing. We have a friend in God. Is it true that you are 
It's amazing. I'm a friend. Here we go. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I'm a friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me?
Amen. Amen.
Lord, you are the breath in our lungs. And we just want to lift it up to you in praise. We breathe in your spirit. We breathe out your praise. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your
you pray with me? James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Oh, Lord, you give us the very breath in our lungs. You give us life. You give us love. You give us hope. You fill us with your very spirit. Now it is our turn to give back from the abundance of what you have given to us. So, Lord, help us to use that breath to bring praise to you alone. Help us to breathe in your spirit and exhale your praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. is already not yet. We'll see that work out in these parables. But there's two dimensions to the kingdom. The kingdom is already here because he's come and wherever the king is, there's the kingdom wherever he rules. So if you've allowed him to be king of your life, he's set up his kingdom in your heart. But it's still sort of a stealth kingdom now. One day it's going to blossom worldwide at his return, and he's going to rule over all the earth. So it's not yet here in fullness. And so what we'll see about the parables, they apply to the Christian life, but they also apply to heaven, okay? Now, the first thing that we learn about the kingdom from the two parables that we're going to look at today is that the kingdom is like a party. The kingdom is like a party. You know, there are some people that... uh, seem to think that uh, 
Following Jesus is the right thing to do, but it would be a whole lot more fun not to follow Jesus. You know what I mean? The, that the world has all the fun, and, but you know, eventually you ought to quit sowing your wild oats and surrender and give up the good life, and then you got to become a, you know, you ought to, have you ever seen the t-shirt? It was originally stated by Alexander Woolcott in 1933, but it's still on t-shirts today. All the things I like are either illegal, immoral, or fattening. Have you ever seen that? That shirt. So that's the philosophy that the world's got all the fun, but Jesus came saying just the opposite. Jesus came saying, there is greater joy following me. There is more fun in the kingdom. Yeah, the devil can specialize in the short-term, short-term pleasure, but not long-term joy. And there is greater joy, Jesus tells us, in the kingdom, in following him. So the kingdom is like a party. That means that when we get to heaven, remember, already, not yet, so when it's in here in its fullness, it's going to be like a party. But it also means already, the kingdom is already here. You can experience a little bit of that in your heart, even in difficult circumstances. Now, we're going to talk about the demands of the kingdom and the cost of the kingdom as we go through this. Yeah, it can be tough following Jesus. But in the midst of suffering, there can be Something of a party in your life. Joy. Celebration. Because the kingdom has already come to the hearts of those who bow their knees to Jesus. Well, today we're going to look at two parables that follow that theme. The first one is in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. And the parable comes in response uh, to a man who made this statement while they were eating together. Jesus and some other people were eating together. And uh, the man made this response, Luke 14, 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So this guy had the idea about the kingdom being a party, at least in the future sense. And he's saying, man, it's going to be great, as they're eating supper. He said, it's going to be great when we eat together in the party in the future, isn't it? He had that part right. Let me go back for just a moment in the Old Testament before we look at the parable to show you that. Let me read to you Isaiah 25, 6 through 8, talking about the kingdom, future kingdom being a party. On this mountain, the Lord God Almighty will prepare a feast. So on the mount where they were in Jerusalem, on that mountain, the Lord will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. On this mountain, he'll destroy the shroud that enfolds all people. That's death. The sheet that covers all nations, he'll swallow up death forever. That's going to be a reason for a party, right? When he swallows up death forever. Some of you have lost some loved ones this week. There's coming a party when he'll swallow up death forever. Reason to celebrate. And the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and he'll remove his people's disgrace from all the earth the Lord has spoken. That's that future party that's coming. This guy had it right. Blessed will be those who sit at feast in the kingdom of God. But this guy had a little bit of a smug attitude as we're going to see that 
that he felt like only Jews would be there. There was a writing from the time of Jesus written between the Old and New Testaments, an apocryphal writing, First Enoch, and it talked about this feast that was coming at the end of time, but it said no Gentiles would be there. In fact, it said they would gather for the feast, and then they would all be slaughtered, and Jews would walk through blood to get to this feast, sort of a gory image, but an exclusive view of the kingdom. There's so, so he was sort of saying, hey, we're all in, Jesus then, in response to that, gives this parable to focus on a response to the invitation. Jesus is going to say, you're not in if you don't respond to the invitation. Let's, let's look at the parable. Luke chapter 14, verse 16, in response to that, Jesus says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet. He's beginning the story, the parable, and invited many guests. Invited is the key word here. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. So this is common in their day, a two-stage invitation. A first of all, a stage, we're going to have a party. It's going to be uh, next Thursday. And you just say, okay, I'll be there. Then it takes a while to butcher animals to cook. They don't you know, have timers, all this stuff. So when the party is ready, when the food is prepared, you don't know what time it'll be that day. So they send you the second stage of the invitation. Okay, it's ready. Now come. So that's what was happening here. First invitation, they said, we'll be at the party. Then when everything was ready, second invitation came. Come, for everything is now ready. Verse 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. So they made excuses of why they couldn't accept the invitation and they were lame excuses. They were bad excuses, right? If you, I've just bought a field and I've got to go see it. Come on, you're going to see it before you buy the field, right? You're not going to buy it before you've ever seen it. I bought oxen and i got to try them out. You're going to try them out before you buy them. I just got married. Didn't you know before you accepted them that you were going to, you know if you're going to get married or not? They're lame excuses. And Jesus is saying to these Jews, I gave you the first invitation through all the Old Testament prophets and you said you'd come. And now I have come as the king and the kingdom is ready. The party's ready to start. And you've all made excuses. You've not followed me, he said. And so it says in verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Those invited guests won't come, then you go find anybody who wants to come to a party. I got a party ready. Somebody's going to be in the party. There was another writing from the time of Jesus that gives us background. There's a group called the Essenes. We found their writings in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they were sort of like a commune, sort of like a monastery community, a denomination of Jews that was sort of exclusive. And in the Dead Sea Scrolls, discovered in the 1940s, written from just before the time of Jesus, it said, talking about that feast, no lame or blind or deaf or blemished person will eat at the feast. An exclusive view. Jesus turns that upside down in his parable, and he says, invited guests won't come. You go get the beggars, the line, the blame. Get them and invite them. And so that's what they did. 
Verse 22, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Kingdom of heaven is like a party. There are two ways we're going to see today that you can miss the party. The first way that you miss the party is when you reject the invitation. You miss the kingdom by rejecting the invitation. The invitation has been thrown wide open. Anybody can get into the kingdom. You can go to heaven no matter what you've done. And you can experience some life of joy right now if you'll bow your knee to Jesus and say, I believe he's the king, the son of God. I put my faith in him. I repent of my sin. You're invited to the party no matter what you've done or who you are. But the key is you've got to respond to the invitation. You've got to RSVP. Have you accepted the greatest offer that's ever been made? Have you accepted the invitation to joy in your life and to a future kingdom? There's a second parable that we want to look at that Jesus told that's very similar that makes this same point, but it's a little different parable. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verses, uh, beginning in verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying... The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Again, the theme that the kingdom's like a party here compared to a little different party, a wedding party. God's the king, Jesus the crown prince. He's come for his bride. It's like a wedding. This is a great story. I believe if you work at the Jesus tent next year, what a great story to share if you get to talk to somebody. They're there for a party. You know what you can say to them? Hey, I want to tell you about a better party. we got a better party to offer than the world can offer. It is the, the coronation of a king. What a great party that we have. And so he says, again, verse 3, similar to the one before, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Another two-stage invitation. When the second invitation came, they refused to come. And then he sent more of his servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Verse 5 is such a tragic verse. But they paid no attention and went off. You know, the great tragedy of our world today is that God has sent us a Savior to invite us to a party. And many people maybe even you, have paid no attention and went off to other pursuits. Boy, that'd be a great tragedy. It says one to his field, another to his business. And then here's an added element in this parable. The rest seized seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. John the Baptist had come before Jesus to try to get them ready for the party. And what had happened to John the Baptist? They'd killed him. What would soon happen to Jesus? He would be killed himself. So it says in verse 7, the king was enraged and he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And the Jews who rejected Jesus, their city would indeed be burned and destroyed in 70 AD just within a generation to come. 
And then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come, so go to the street corners. Here's a great verse. Listen to this verse. And invite to the banquet anyone you find. You know what Jesus has given me authority to say to you today? I can let anyone into the kingdom. We can let anyone into the kingdom. Anyone you find. So the servants went into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. What a precious verse. That's how I got in right there. The bad as well as the good. That's how you can get in right there. The bad as well as the good. You know that bad people are welcome at the party? You repent and put your faith in Jesus, no matter what you've done or who you are, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. 2015, Carrie Dwayne was getting married. 27-year-old young woman in Sacramento, California. Her parents spent $35,000 on the wedding and the reception, booking a swanky hotel in Sacramento. A few weeks before the wedding, her fiancé backed out. She was left with the reservation that was non-refundable. 35000 spent, what would she do? She decided to have a party anyway. The groom's family wouldn't come, so she invited the homeless of Sacramento, sent buses to homeless shelters. 120 homeless people came to a swanky downtown Sacramento hotel, ate salmon, prime rib, steak, hors d'oeuvres, ate wedding cake for dessert, all of the trimmings, all of the fun and festivities, an unlikely crowd in the party, that's what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. It'll be an unlikely crowd in the party. And in the day of Jesus, the religious people, the people for whom the foundation had been laid, the Jewish people, some of them paid no attention to the invitation. And Jesus said, prostitutes and tax collectors are going into the kingdom before you. And today in America, we think we are a Christian people and there are going to be former Muslims in Africa and in Asia who are turning to the Lord in great numbers and there are going to be some of us who miss the kingdom because we haven't responded to the invitation. It's going to be an unlikely crowd in the kingdom. Anyone can get in. But you've got to respond to the invitation. And I wonder today if you have been so distracted by your oxen and your fields and your relationships and you've paid no attention to the great invitation that has been given you by the king for his son, come to the party. Now there's a second way that you can miss the kingdom besides rejecting the invitation. This parable ends with a strange ending. There's a twist to it. Let me read it to you in verse 11. But when the king came in to see his guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. Now that's strange and hard for us to understand. Why did this guy get in trouble? Everybody had been invited. They came in off the streets. And yet this guy gets in trouble because he's not dressed right and he's going to get thrown out of it. What's the deal with this? And I'm not sure. It, some say that when you came into the party, 
that you were given a white robe to wear. You're given a wedding garment, and he refused to put that on. I, I don't know, or, or, but, but what Jesus is saying to us here, there's a second way some respond to the invitation but still miss the party because they're not transformed by Christ because what these clothes, these garments represent are the righteousness of Christ that we put on. Let me read it to you. Let's look ahead to Revelation chapter 19 about this fulfillment of the party, the not yet part of it that's going to come. In Revelation 19, verse 6, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride, that's us, the church, has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. So these garments represent righteousness. So here's the deal. When you put your faith in Jesus and follow Him, immediately your sins are forgiven on the basis of his blood and you are given the righteousness of Christ clothes you. That is, in the standing that you have before God, now you're righteous. That's a wonderful thing. And then he works the process in you to transform you to be like your standing. There's a transformation process so that you are being sanctified, growing in righteousness. And so the the second way that you miss the kingdom is by refusing to put on the righteousness of Christ. There are some who are in the assembly. They've come to the party, even in the church. But you're still not part of the kingdom. Because you're here, but you haven't been let Christ transform you. Now, he'll give you his righteousness, and he'll start to work with you, but you've got to cooperate with him in this process of transformation. And when you are beginning to be changed, that's a sign that you belong to him and to the kingdom when you put on the righteousness of Christ. So he adds this twist to this parable to say that some may accept the invitation, but they don't allow Christ to change them. There's got to be transformation in your life. And so it says in the last verses, Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, that was, that's tough, isn't it? That's hell. Jesus is the one in the Bible who talks about hell. Some people don't want to talk about hell anymore. Jesus is the one who talks about it the most. Jesus says, those who are not transformed by me, They'll be cast out into darkness. Let Jesus be Jesus. He's the one who talked about hell. Hell's a reality. And the kingdom of heaven is like a wonderful party. And you didn't deserve to come. You weren't on the original guest list. Neither was I. But the good news is, we've been added. The doors have been thrown open. You can come to a party Whatever's going on in your life right now, if you're beat down, if you're discouraged, if you feel unloved, if you're having trouble in your life right now, the good news of the gospel is the king is here. And the king is setting up his kingdom. And right now it's just an individual hearts, but it's going to be worldwide. And you can get in on it. The door's been thrown wide open. But there's two words of caution. 
you miss the kingdom if you don't personally and individually respond to the invitation. Don't assume that you're in because your mama was a Christian or because you come to church or you live in America. You've got to respond to that invitation. And don't assume that you're in just because you're sitting here this morning. You have to put on the righteousness of Christ. You will not be perfect, but there will begin to be a change in you when you receive His righteousness and you cooperate with Him in that process of transformation. And if none of that has happened in your life, Jesus would warn you, are you really part of that kingdom? It says in verse 14, the last verse, for many are invited, but few are chosen. It's the word elect, few are elected. A lot, of, a lot of debate in the Southern Baptist Convention about election right now and predestination and Calvinism. Let me tell you what this passage tells us. You can figure out all that technical stuff. Here's what this passage says. The elect are those who respond to the invitation. You can, you can debate whether you, you respond to the invitation because you're elect or you're elect because you respond to the invitation. But let me tell you, the elect respond to the invitation. That's what he says right here. Have you responded to that invitation? And are you being transformed by him? Would you stand together with me? I want to give you an opportunity today. God's given the church the opportunity to throw open the doors of the kingdom. Wow! Today I want to invite you to become a follower of Jesus. To say, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. And I will bow to him as king of my life. I let this book be my guide. I let this group be my family. I'll let heaven be my destination. I'll become a follower of the king. And if you do, you'll begin to experience his presence, his power, his lordship in your life now. And one day, you'll sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to invite you to walk down one of these aisles if you're willing to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I want to invite you also to come join our church. What a great day to join a church as we begin our new year. We're all starting new. You could make a fresh start in your life. Maybe you need a fresh beginning today. Come walk forward. Join our church family. We would welcome you by your faith in Jesus and your baptism into our fellowship. You don't have to make advanced preparation. Somebody will help you. You're welcome to come. If you want to make a new beginning and you're a believer, but you want somebody to pray with you. I, I want to make a new start following the king. I've gotten off course. Jesus is my king. I want to follow him. I invite you to come. Let's sing together. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore. Every heart that is broken, great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our so we pour out our praise to you only. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore. Every heart that is broken 
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we back to God. We never initiate giving to Him. He's giving us Jesus. He's given us our livelihoods. We say thank you. We worship Him by giving our offerings. If you're a guest, we don't expect you to give an offering. If you have a guest card, place that there. Let that be your offering. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, day to be here, to fellowship, to worship you. Lord, thank you for that great invitation to salvation. And Lord, uh, thank you for the joy that that brings the cares of the world that we, uh, that we worry about. We can forget when we know you. Lord, we ask a, a blessing on this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me, and oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me, who the sun sets free, oh, it's free I'm a child of God, yes, I am, free. He has ransomed His grace runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes, He died for me Who the sun sets free Oh, it's free I'm a child forsaken I am who you say I am you are for me not against me I am who you 
uh, in a yellow line when the door opens at the elevator. So either way, you can go. We'll take you there. There are snacks there. You really need to go see this student space, you old people, before you can't go in there anymore after, uh, after students are in there. Tim's done a great job. It looks like a combination of an Applebee's, a Dave & Buster's, a Chip & Joanna makeover, and an Ikea uh, showroom. So if you want to, that's what it looks like. You go look and see if you don't think it looks like a combo of those four things. So encourage you to go there to the open house today after any of our worship service. You can go right now before connection group or go after your connection group. Tonight at six o'clock is a special evening worship. I want to encourage all of you to come back. We are going to celebrate anniversaries for two staff members, Tim Hensick and Cindy Cox, will be celebrating in this service. Jake will be preaching. We're going to welcome and pray over and commission our new preschool minister, preschool and children's minister, Megan Clayton, tonight. So if you love Cindy or Tim or Jake or children or Jesus, I want you to come tonight. <laughs> so if you don't come, I'm going to assume that you don't love Tim, Cindy, children, or Jesus, okay? <laughs> we need to celebrate this as a church family, so you come. Then we'll have a fellowship in Fellowship Hall, and there'll be uh, food there. You're welcome to come to that. So that's going to be a great time of celebration tonight. Our new Wednesday programming begins Wednesday. Children's Choir for first through fifth graders begins 3.30 Wednesday afternoon after school. They have a snack. Great Children's Choir program. We're getting ready for Christmas eventually. You want your kids to be a part of that. Wednesday supper begins this Wednesday at 5. You have to make a reservation today to eat on Wednesday. There are reservation envelopes at all three of the deposit boxes. Somebody will show you where one of those are. Great meal. Invite you to come and fellowship with us at 5 o'clock in the gym. And then at 6 o'clock, all of our new programming begins. You can read for kids all the things that are there and students. And we have prayer meeting for adults. I want to invite you to come pray with us at 6 o'clock. All of our programming begins at 6 o'clock. And so there's something for everybody. Prayer meeting at 6.30. Um, the children and students go 6 to 7.15. But there are two things for adults. Prayer meeting in the first half hour. And then our discipleship classes. They're listed here. I'll begin a class at 6.30 this Wednesday. Introduction to prayer and Bible study. You want to learn how to have a devotional life. Well, that's one of the key disciplines of the Christian life. That's what we're going to start this week. There are two electives, Gospel by Tim Liotti and God of Creation, a ladies' Bible study that Shonda Hensick will be leading. All of those start this Wednesday, a great time for you to get plugged in. One more thing, beginning this Wednesday at 6, is a membership class for children. So if you have a first through fifth grader who's been baptized this summer or in recent months, this helps get them oriented to following Christ or... If you have kids who've been asking questions and they've not yet come to that point of decision, they're welcome to come to this. It'll be a good build-up and help them to understand that future decision. So that's what's going on. Hope you'll be a part of it. Let's pray together as we go, okay? I'm going to be at the Welcome Center. I've got a gift for first-time guests. Would love to visit with any of you. Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, as we begin a new church year, help us to make a new, fresh start with you. May Jesus be first in our lives. May our hearts be warmed by his presence. And may our feet be on the road of the kingdom, serving the king, Lord Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. One, two, three. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. God, you call me friend. I am a friend of God. 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 I
Of God, you call me friend. 